0: So today, I realize February has come and gone, Valentine's Day is no more, Uh, but I'm going to talk about love today. Let me see half the guys pull out their phone, well, I think I'll check the football schedule. (laughs) Come on, stay with me, I'm not going to get all mushy or anything, this is the love of God, and of course the love chapter in the Bible is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, good, I'm glad you paid attention. and you know, it's neat. We're kind of in the middle of this series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Mike's been talking about the fruits of the Spirit and then the gifts of the Spirit. And this all started for me about three, four weeks ago on my way to work. I was listening to the radio and I heard just a part of a sermon. I think it was Colin Smith uh, was doing a, a sermon on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and on God's love. And the first three verses especially, he looked at in such a different way. It just kind of sparked something. He went, man, I've got to go home and do a study on this. So I did, uh, and as I was doing that, God said, okay, Larry, this is what I want you to share with the church when Pastor Mike's in Jamaica. Cool, got it. Well, then I come to church like three weeks ago, and Pastor Mike is talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Like, God, why'd you give that to him? You gave it to me. (laughs) And didn't know what to think, but it was in a little different context, of course. He was talking about the fruits of the Spirit and love being the first fruit of the Spirit, so it's kind of important. Uh, and then, last week, too, again, he was talking about it some more, but again, in a different way. so who would have thought God knew what he was doing and uh it all just kind of blends together and fits in. I just love how God does that. Just be obedient and have some patience and listen and man, this seems to fit right in um because it 's so important that we 're very aware of what the fruit of the spirit are and that the gifts of the spirit are and how we are to work in them uh so today we 're going to look at first Corinthians chapter thirteen, like I said and I want you to get a full overview and a full picture of it. We're going to read through it first, but it's broken into sections. You'll notice there's a section of the first three verses, and then kind of describing what love is, and then he throws all this other stuff in there for some reason. And we're going to break that down and figure out why, and see how that all fits into uh, the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. Uh, so let's—we just prayed, but let's pray again, just that God would put our put our hearts in the right place to receive this. Praise God. Lord, we just quiet ourselves before you now, and we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds for what you have for us today. We want to know you more, God, and we want to understand you as much as we can in our finite little minds, God, and we just pray that you would do that today, put us in the right spot, enlighten us uh, to, to, to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start just by reading through it. Chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So it kind of seems like love is kind of important to God, right? So let's go back and break down the first three verses, because this is what I really want you to grasp today and really understand what God's talking about when He's talking about His love. So verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men of angels and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Okay, so he's talking obviously about the gifts of the Spirit that we've been discussing here, right? Speaking in tongues. Being used by the Spirit. And we have we heard an example of that this morning. Kay kind of gave a, a word of knowledge. And we see people like that working in the Spirit using the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes we kind of think of them as like super Christians, right? Wow, they're spiritual. Man, that's amazing. But this tells us that they can be doing that, moving in the Spirit and doing that, and not have love. Isn't that odd? That kind of struck me. Can do that, be working in the Spirit and not have love. Let's go to verse 2. Kind of more of the same. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. A faith that can what? Move mountains. So this is... In today's age, again, talking of someone who's really active in the church or in the Spirit and moving. We have a prayer team here and we've seen miraculous healings here in this church. Mike has had his hand healed. I've had a knee healed. I mean, there's just cool stuff we've seen and there's people that are involved in that and have maybe a gift of healing. Involved in miraculous, supernatural things, but they can be doing that and not have love? Wow, that's pretty serious, isn't it? So we got to look at that. And then verse 3 this is the one that really struck me, really got me. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. How is that possible? I'm sure you all know people who are maybe well off or maybe very comfortable in life or whatever, but let's just say it's someone like that and, and, or even if it's not, just an everyday person who gives everything away man, they're just helping people, maybe helping feed the hungry, helping build houses for the poor, so much so that they're... Well, I'm going to read another version because it says it a little bit differently. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship. So, I mean, maybe they give everything away so much that they put themselves in harm's way. So they're homeless even, but don't have love. That just seems weird. Why are they doing it then, right? And I, and I can't figure that out. Another, another version also says, give my body over to hardship that I may boast. Ah, there's a little insight, isn't there? So what it's talking is about doing all these good things for the wrong reasons. And that's what it comes down to. When God talks about having His true love, He's so much more interested in our heart our motivation, our reason for doing it, having pure motives than in what we do, right? Um, Remember when I preached here a few months ago, I talked about seeking God's will, and what does that look like? Can we really know God's will? Well, yes, over and over in the Bible, it tells us what His will is for us. Remember, we read dozens of verses that said that. Just about all of them talked about who we are, not what we do. It wasn't do this, go do this, do this, do that is about how you do it why you do it having a pure heart. Uh, God is so much more concerned about our motives and our heart than he is about what we do because if you have the right motives the right thing we're going to do the right things that's going to happen it's got to be an outflow of that right. So this really struck me. Evidently you can be doing all the right things and still not have love, not have the spirit of God moving through you in love. This is a daunting task for me coming aboard as your pastor. And I'm very aware that man, I could be doing all the right things and it looks good on the outside, but if my heart isn't right, if there's not true love in there, wow, I gotta be aware of that, I'm very conscious of that. Uh so it really struck me. More on love, what did what did Jesus say when he was asked, What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's read it actually. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Verse 31 says, The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Verse 30 used to be a very depressing verse to me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. I can't do that. Not, who's capable of that? All my strength, all my mind, I just go. Oh, I might as well just give up on this Christianity stuff. I can't do that, right? Well, that's kind of the point. We need him. We need his spirit in us to do it. We can't do it ourselves, and we'll learn more about that as we go. But the context of these verses is: this is when they're they're questioning him. They're trying to trip him up and trick him into saying something that they go, "Aha! Now we can." crucify you uh, because you're wrong. I think if they had a clue who they were trying to trip up, they would have changed their tune a little bit, right? Trying to trip up God Almighty doesn't go so well usually. Um, But they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? How many commandments did they ask for? One, what did he give them? Two, why? He said, this is my commandment, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But, I think he added the second one in as if to say, of course my prayer, paraphrase is, but listen, you need to understand, this is a huge part of it because I am love, you're my people, I love you. So, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a huge, huge, huge part of that, love each other, love your neighbors yourself. I think that's why he did that. To emphasize, hey, this is what my love is. I'm the perfect example of love. This is how you need to, to do it. Uh, So, wow, it's pretty important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, it's obviously important to God. It's His main commandment to love each other. How do we do that? Let's take a look at 1 John 4, 7-21. We're going to read through the whole thing, and then we'll dissect it a little bit more from there. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He's given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Here's what I really like about this. God realizes how stinking human we are. And he repeats, and he repeats, and he repeats, and he repeats until it finally gets through our thick skull sometimes, right? So thankful. I've prayed so many times, God, why did you make me so human? You know, but that's what we are. And he recognizes that. And so he says, okay, I'm going to repeat this as many times as it takes for you to get this. And so a lot of that in this section is just repetition uh, and explaining something in a different way. So let's look at it a little bit more. Verses 7 and 8. We'll start with 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Easy to pass over that verse, isn't it? That's pretty serious. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because that's what He is. He is love. So man, we got to check that. I want to know God, don't you? And really, when you dig into this, if we took the time to dig into the Greek and the Hebrew, there's so many different uh, meanings to the word know. And there are different levels of knowing this is speaking of the ultimate knowing god in an intimate close tight way if you don't love you don't really know god because he is love if you know him you're going to have love in your heart and real true compassion and genuine uh care concern for others so that's an important verse if you don't love you really don't know god let's take a look at verses 9 through 12 Verse 9 says, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world, just like we just saw in that video. Wow. Praise God for what He did. Amen? That we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We didn't love Him. He loved us, even when we didn't love Him. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. That's pretty cool to me. Pastor Mike's been talking too about how, you know, God's plan for everything, He could just put it in place and He doesn't need us, He could make it happen, right? But He chose to use us. to use you and me to fulfill His plan. It's His love as part of that plan. His love is made complete in us. So we got an important role to play here. We better uh, get with it maybe, huh? His love is made complete in us. Uh, verses 13-16 through 16 is uh, again some more repetition just to make sure we get it. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He's given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So there it is again. God is love. And then finally, uh, verses 17 and 18. We'll look at 17 first. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like Him. What's that saying? Did you ever hear the phrase, you're the only Jesus some people will ever see? There's people that aren't interested in going to church or looking at the Bible. They they aren't going to try and get to know Jesus, but they see you in this world where the only Jesus some may see. There's another... Um, Another version states that differently, too. Yeah, it says, in this world, we are like Jesus. So this love is so important to God because that's how He reveals Himself to the world, right? So that's our job. I mean, that's what we should do. All right, so it's coming around a little bit more. Finally, we're going to read verses 19 and 21. Well, let's do 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Speaking of man, if you're immersed in God's love and in His Spirit, what do you have to fear? We sang that song this morning, Whom shall I fear? So if you're scared of something, afraid of something, get yourself immersed in God and in His Spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? Because sometimes it's like, What does it mean to be walking in the Spirit and to spend time with God and in His presence and in His Spirit? That can be an all-new thing to some. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Verses 19-21. through We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Stay there for a minute. I'd love to have just a Happy love sermon here today, but I'm sorry. This is what the Scripture says. You don't love your brother, but you say you love God. You're a liar. Ouch! Because God is love. How can you say you love God if you don't love your brother? So this is really a challenge today, and I really want us to look deep and look hard. Uh, My prayer is that this week you'll be looking deep in your heart And asking God, shine the spotlight, man. It's going to hurt. But think about your relationships. Maybe it's with parents, maybe it's with kids, maybe it's with a spouse, other people you know. Are you loving them with God's love? Are you hanging on to garbage that's holding you back? Because if this is how God chooses to reveal himself to the world, and that's what we want to do, but we're holding on to that stuff, we're holding it back. We're not letting it happen. The Spirit can't flow through you and ooze out of you when you're holding on to this junk. So many times it's petty little things. Man, just pray that the Spirit would reveal to you and see it from God's perspective and not your own little viewpoint. See what's really important. Let go of this stuff. Make amends where you have to. This is serious stuff, man. If you're doing that, you don't know God. And we want to be used by God. Amen? Okay. Verse 21 and he has given us the command, this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So just another repetition of the same thing. Praise God. I want to know God in the deepest way and be used by Him. So, we're not capable of this. We talked about that. We need His Spirit to help us. What does this kind of a love look like anyway? This kind of love that God has. Let's go back. We're going to go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 again and just look at this and see what his love kind of looks like a little bit uh, and break it down. The first part, verses 4 through 7, as we're reading this, here's what I want you to think about. The person who loves in this way, who's the focus of this love? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And it's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs, meaning it forgives. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. If you're loving like that, where's the focus? Others. It's not on me. It's on others. So think about this. If you were approaching all of your relationships like this, letting the love of God ooze through you, what would that mean? What would it mean for our marriages? If if you're always putting the other person first. What would it mean for our kids? If they were brought up with that kind of an attitude and that kind of an atmosphere, what could that mean for them and their future and their families? I hate to be that guy, but we could change the world. <laughs> I mean, we really could, Right? Praise God, and that's why He has it set up. If we're walking in His love, we're changing the world because His love is oozing through us. This is how they'll know is by your love. If we're walking in that and really approaching all relationships and everything with that, that's the Spirit of God moving through you. That's exciting stuff. It's pretty cool. That's the kind of love that I'd like to have. I'd like the world to see Him oozing out of me. Okay, so now this next section. This is what we're talking about. This is what you can look at sometimes and go, wait, this is a chapter about love. Why is all this extra stuff in here? First, we're going to read verse 8, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Okay, this verse is serious because people who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit and working in the Spirit, that it's not for today, that it was just for the disciples day use this verse many times to say, see, There's a time period for tongues and prophecies and all that, and it's going to cease. That was for them. We don't need it now. We're going to find out uh, in the future verses here too um, what the case really is. So it says they'll cease, they'll be stilled, and they'll go away. Let's read verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Verse 10. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. So when perfection comes, we don't need those things right. Are we perfect yet? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know about you, but no. So is it time to put these things away? Of course not. Why did God give us the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and all that? As a counselor, as a comforter, as a guide to direct us, He gave us gifts of prophecies to give us knowledge and wisdom. We kind of need those things. Kind of like a roadmap, map, Right? If you have a road map and you're traveling someplace and you get to that address, that destination, do you need the map anymore? Oh, you throw it away. But until you get there, you need it, right? Are we there yet? We're not. We need the workings of the Spirit to help us through here until we get there. And we'll see more in the future verses how that plays out. Let's read verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. So this is talking about there's a time for something and you need for something and then you put it away. I don't play with tinker toys anymore. There was a time for that. I mean they're kind of fun, but my wife uh, said on the way home said, "Yeah, you're not a child anymore, right?" (laughs) Okay, kind of, but uh, yeah, we all are, right? No fun to grow up. What for? Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Again, then we will. Not now. We haven't seen everything clearly yet. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. We don't know fully yet. It's not time for these things to cease yet. We're still moving in the Spirit. We need the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit um, to help us with this stuff. And then verse 13, Now these three things remain, Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So here's why all this is in there, to tell us, look, there's all these great things, all these wonderful things, the working of the Spirit, there's faith, there's hope, there's love. There's a time for them, they're all going to cease except one. When we get to heaven, will you need faith? We'll be there, we'll be in His presence. Do we need hope? He is our hope, we'll be there with Him. Will there be love? Absolutely, because God is love. There's all these other things, and they're cool and everything, but love is the greatest because God is love, and it will always be these things are going to go away, but He is love. So it fits right in, doesn't it? It kind of tells us a lot about God's character and who He is. So what do we do with all this? Again, we talked about we're not capable of doing so many of these things ourselves, Right? God chooses us to use us. It's kind of interesting. He says, here's what you're to do. But you can't do it. So you've got to seek Me to help you and so it can all come into completeness and fullness and everything. So we need to seek Him. Uh, we need to spend time in Him. I love that Pastor Mike says the, the fruit of the Spirit are exactly that. They're the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruit of our efforts. Not the fruit of me trying harder. It's the fruit of the Spirit. I can't do it. I need to let the Spirit do it through me. How does that happen? He says, be renewed by the trans, or be transformed by the renewing of your minds. How does that happen? That spending time in his presence, letting his spirit wash over you and change you and ooze you until you're a different person. And it's so hard in this world, we have so much going on, isn't it? It's hard to spend time and just set it aside, but we have to. I'm pleading with you, set time aside. Do what you got to do. Get up an hour earlier or whatever. You, oh, I'll be tired. Yeah, but you be full of the Spirit of God. That's so much better than sleep, right? If you've got the power of God oozing out of you and flowing through you, man, there's nothing better. And that's what we're called to be and called to do. That's how we do it, spending time with Him. I realize we have a diverse group in our church too. Maybe still you're like, yeah, but how do I spend time with God? How do I get to know Him and time in His Spirit? How does that work? I said it last time I preached too. You know, it's the same getting to know God. It's similar to getting to know me or a person, anybody like that. Uh, like I said, if I were to call you up on the phone this afternoon and say, Hey, how are you? What would you say? Hi. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Who is this? Because you don't know my voice, Right? Now, if we spent a bunch of time together and over the next couple of months got to know each other really well and talked on the phone often, and I called you up and said, hey, how are you? You'd say, Larry, how's it going? It's no different with God. And it just takes time. You just need to set time aside to read His Word, meditate on His Scripture. Just let Him talk to you. It's going to take a while. It'll be weird. You won't really know His voice, but let Him start talking to you. Let Him start changing you, transforming you, and renewing your mind. You know, I look back over the years and as, I, as I've as i done that and intensely spend more time with him, I go, wow. I think a little differently than I used to. I see things completely different than I used to. I see people completely different than I used to. You see them with compassion. Even people that have done you wrong, you start to see them with compassion and care because you know that, man, they just need Jesus. And and petal little things they've done to you really don't matter. They just need Jesus. So that's my my plea to you this morning. Man, spend time in His Spirit and ask Him to shine the spotlight on whatever it is in your life and in your relationships and expose them and help you to change and let His love ooze through you. Uh, One more verse. John 13. We're going to read 33 and 35. This is um, obviously when He's talking to the disciples saying, hey, I'm going to be going now. So here's what you need to do. He says, My children, I'll be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so must you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this is how I'm going to fulfill my plan. It's got so much to do with love, doesn't it? And are we doing it? Are we walking in it? Are we showing the world? Just think, if we, this kind of love we've been talking about today, if we were all walking in that and moving in that and the Spirit of God was just flowing through us, what could happen in this church? What could happen in this town? What could happen all around the world? And that's God's plan. Like I said, I hate to be that guy, but man, we could change the world. And you know, that's that's my desire every day, is that people can see and know that I have been in the presence of God. Something's different. And I've had it happen, I'm proud to say. Uh, a few years ago at a business meeting, someone I'd never seen in my life before came up to me afterward and said, are you a Christian? I'm like, why? Well, I don't know, you can just see. You carry yourself differently. There's a calmness, a confidence, and you can tell. I'm like, praise God. He's moving through me. You can see it. It's visible. And that's what it's about. By this, they will know that you're my disciples. By your love, one for another. Man, that's what it's all about. Um, I made a, I got inspired a few years ago too and got on the computer and pulled some graphics together and made this thing and made some uh, posters. They're similar to this. I didn't have the original copy. And I gave one to each of my kids and I have one hanging on the wall in my basement because it really struck me. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were underschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Man, that's what I want. I hope it's what you want. People can just see and know that you've been in the presence of Jesus. It only happens by being in the presence of Jesus, right? And so that's my plea is that you'll let His love just flow through you so that We, as a church, can fulfill His plan and complete His plan and and change the world. Praise God. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward and I'm going to close in prayer. I'd ask today that you would just spend some time meditating on this. There's no rush to get out of here. Um, If you'd like to just sit in your seats or come down front or pray with the prayer team or spend some time kneeling up front here, just spend some time saying, God, fill me flow out of me that i can show your love to the world that's my prayer today and so if you want to talk and stuff afterward, just ask you just go out to the foyer and, and let there be an attitude of prayer in this place let god change you praise god lord i'm so thankful for your love that you are the perfect prime example of what it means to love you gave of yourself completely and totally our desire is to be in Your will, to be used by You to change the world around us every day, God. And the only way that we can't do it, we need Your Holy Spirit to do it, and I just pray that You would enlighten us and help us to be fully immersed in Your Spirit to allow You to do what You need to do in us, God, so that we can be a light to the world around us. Just pray that You'd go with each here today and give them safe travels home and and. Uh, Just guide us all by Your Spirit throughout this week. In Jesus' name, Amen.